When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, guys, we're back for episode eight of Processing Blue. I have my man, Scott Fowler, Charlotte Observer here. Uh, Scott, got to start you out with Monday Night Football. We saw the Jets play the Bills last night. Aaron Rodgers goes down, uh, look eerily similar to Kevin Durant with the calf bubbling. Um, we don't know what it's going to be, but the Jets coaches think it could be an Achilles. Uh, Aaron obviously had a scrimmage game here in Charlotte. Didn't play, but had a practice week in Charlotte. Uh, just your thoughts on the Jets and, you know, what their future portends, losing their star quarterback and how that could happen here. Yeah, right, Langston. It just shows you that week one of the NFL is, um, as anyone who plays fantasy football knows, a lot of things don't go as planned. And they put everything into the Aaron Rodgers basket there. And it was – it's a shame, really. You know, the league needs its stars, and for it to happen on the, I think, the third play from scrimmage for, for him is just bizarre. Reminds me a little bit of when Tom Brady got hurt one time in a, mm. in a season, you know, in the first game and was out for the year. And yeah. certainly that's what you'd expect with uh, Rodgers. When he was here, you know, it, he, he practiced, and that was where you could see him really do what he does. And it was, uh, it was, stunning to watch even now how good he still is uh and and kind of what a although he's a controversial figure in some ways uh in terms of the nfl he is star power uh which they really need i think the jets are on prime time like four or five more times this year and uh unless they sign philip rivers or somebody uh you know out of the box get brady lure him out of retirement or something we're going to be watching zach wilson an awful awful lot which is uh Nobody should be subjected to that. Yeah, well, I, I have a feeling that Jess might make a move on a quarterback. Oh, yeah, they got to. I think that defense is so good. Uh, yes, you know, yeah. in practice against the Panthers, just absolutely uh, ate the Panthers up, uh, offen- you know, their offensive line, really. So that they defense is – they're good they enough to make the playoffs even with Zach Wilson. But yeah, with yeah. a really good quarterback, I mean, they're, yeah. they're good enough to – to challenge one, Kansas City, yeah. Bill's one of the best teams in the league. They forced four turnovers from their star quarterback. So, yeah, it's uh, definitely a thing. Got to shout out Chad Surratt of East Lincoln High School. Had a big block. UNC quarterback, former UNC quarterback linebacker. Had a big block on Xavier Gibson's punt return and won the game in overtime. So, uh, shout out to Chaz on that. Um, but I did want to ask you about the Carolina Panthers quarterback, uh, Scott. Bryce Young, two turnovers uh, week one. Uh, your thoughts on his performance, and can it get better? Well, he will get better. Uh, that was about what you'd probably expect for a rookie. Not many. I mean, we, you know, there was that stat number one overall picks are now 0 14 and one in their first start. Yeah. It just, it, it just happens. Uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's like jumping on a treadmill. You're used to it going on four and you jump on it and it's going on 20. It's just, <laughs> it's just different. So, Bryce, uh, yeah, he'll get better. I didn't think he was awful. Uh, I've certainly seen worse. Uh, 
But those two picks, here's what I thought was interesting, Langston. Afterwards, Jesse Bates, the Falcons' uh, safety, who picked him both times, said uh, it it almost like he baited him into it and that they knew they were going to try to get Bryce comfortable. They knew he was going to try to throw quickly. And so he was setting up really low compared to where you would with a with a quarterback who's a little more veteran and can hold it a little longer and, and doesn't mind throwing the deep ball. They really had a game plan trying to be, you know, Bryce Young friendly. And the Falcons figured that out and, and took advantage of it. So I think this week you will see Bryce take more deep shots, try for more chunk plays. That was where they really fell down. They only had, uh, you know, their long on passing was 14 yards. That's horrible. Yeah. I mean, that's high school teamish, you know, to have a long of 14 yards. Yeah. So got to have some big chunk plays this, this week, and I would imagine they'll throw deep, maybe even like on the first play, just to, mm. to get the Saints, uh, who also have a good defense, didn't even allow a touchdown last week, uh, get the Saints kind of off of them a little bit. Yeah, well, the Panthers did try a couple deep routes. Terrence Marshall kind of slowed down on the route. I thought they may hit over the top, and their other deep pass came when they got the ball at the one-yard line and had an incomplete pass looking long. Scott, I got to ask you about this this uh, penalty that landed the Panthers at the one. There were penalties on both teams. I watched football my whole life. There's penalties on both teams. You redo the play. There penalties on both teams, yet the Panthers still get the ball at the one. How does that happen? I don't know. Uh, you know, no one knew that rule, Langston, uh, and certainly including me. Every player was set back up to punt the ball again. Everyone <laughs> assumed that's what happened, and the refs were in this long conference. And then, you know, it, Reich said afterwards, Frank Reich said afterwards, it was because the both penalties were personal fouls as opposed to a normal, you know, holding or whatever. Uh, which wasn't a personal foul. So I have no idea how that happened. It certainly penalized the Panthers. But you're right on the deep ball, to go back to that for a second. Bryce had, I think it was that Mingo uh, going deep. That was one was, of the left was that side, the one yeah. on Marshall? Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. That, but, was a Mingo. that was a Mingo, I think. Yeah, Bryce overthrew that. I mean, Mingo yeah. had a step. Yeah. And I don't know that it goes 99, but if it's thrown correctly yeah. and he catches it, at least goes 50. Uh, so Bryce missed that. So to go back to Bryce for a second, I think he, <laughs> this is a bad sign. And Frank Reich's uh, press conference on Monday, he said one of the best things Bryce did in that game was throw the ball away. So mm. you don't, if that's one of the highlights that he was throwing <laughs> the ball away down the sideline, that's while smart, that's, that shows that your offense didn't have a whole lot of highlights. Um right. With that said, I thought he was accurate. I mean, he's he's more accurate, honestly, than Cam Newton if they had like a throwing contest. Mm-hmm. But all the other things, uh, they you know the offensive line I thought was okay too. So there were some things there, but I think part of it was his wide receivers didn't get separation, and mm-hmm. then I think the game plan was a little too predictable ultimately, no. and the Falcons no. predicted it. And we heard all, all preseason that they were going to open it up once we got to the regular season. It wasn't going to be, you know, vanilla Oreos once we got to the uh, – that's not a right, the correct term, but you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were going to open it up. But, uh, Bryce, you've talked about a lot as a computer. So will he kind of put this information to the computer and not make these mistakes again? Uh, well, he'll definitely make the mistakes again, but maybe not to that – like not the second one exactly the same as the first. That's what I thought was weird. He threw the first pick. I thought Bates made an incredible play. The second one, it was like, 
wait, why did you do that again? And it yeah. was like identical. So that that wasn't great. But I think what Bryce said after the game was instructive, and that was he is so smart, as we talked about Langston. Yeah. So yeah. he's looking at that uh, alignment, and he's, you know, his his little his computer brain goes, da, 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 okay, I got it. Uh, they, they do this out of this formation, and, mm-hmm. and this is what will be open. Mm-hmm. So – he didn't even really double check to make sure where that safety was because he, it was sort of like, like an, a bad AI response. You didn't <laughs> get what you expected because the human element and Bates had sort of figured something out. So he didn't look, I think this time from now on, he's going to double and triple check that. And yes, he'll, he'll, he'll play better in this week. I think. All right. You predicted the Panthers to go seven and 10 for the season. Um, does Sunday's game change your outlook on the team? And if so, is it positive or negative? No, I think seven and 10 is about right. Um, I picked them to lose that game 24 to 16 in the paper and it was 24, 10. I, I, I think that was very expected result. Really. Um, I expect them to lose this week too. Uh, I'll be happy to, you know, be wrong, but, uh, I have learned do not overestimate the Panthers over the last five or six years. They normally are going to disappoint you. What you want is a team that comes out of nowhere, and like in 2013 or 2015, and happily surprises you. But right. uh, unfortunately, I've watched them for long enough and seen enough really good teams versus really average teams to know that what they've got right now is a really average team. And so yeah. – you know, seven and 10, hopefully I'm being a little pessimistic. That'd be great. Uh, but right now, you know, they've got holes. They've just, they've got holes. And as, as uh, our colleague Mike K says, it's a rebuilding process right now. Hopefully next year they're better than this. Uh, but right now they're, they're average. And when they, you know, to beat a team like New Orleans, who I think will win the division, you know what they'll need? They'll need Bryce to play well, but they also need some turnovers. Man, they got to get some turnovers. That defense, this is the same problem as last year, did not get the ball uh, out of the opposing team's hands often enough. Let's talk about that defense a little bit. I mean, first of all, your thoughts on Brian Burns uh, played without a new contract, played well, um, but what are your thoughts on him? Great. Uh, you know, he's their best player, and uh, he was he showed up in a – huge way early. Now they figured out a little bit how to, you know, just double him every time after right. that. And and he did not make as much of an impact, which leaves other players singled up. And that's where you, you need some other players to play well. Still, uh, I thought that was cool that Burns played after the sort of drama of last week. And more importantly, he said, I'm playing every single week. So it wasn't like, here's what I can do. Now I'm going to sit out. It was like, okay, we're trying to do something here. I'm going to go ahead and play. doesn't hurt probably that if he doesn't play, he loses $900,000 each week. That's a lot of money. Uh, yeah. But he's, yeah, he's, he's really good, but they also have to have, and they have some potential to have, you know, some other really good defensive players. Nick Bosa made $34 million a year. Do you think Brian Burns is worth somewhere in the neighborhood of $30 million a year? Is that too much? Uh, I mean, in, in this market, you know, that's probably close to where it, it should end up, somewhere between 28 and 30 million. Um, sounds huge now, but in the next yeah. two years, four or five other guys will go over that. So, 
I, I totally get what Brian is doing on the open market. If they don't, you know, they'll franchise him, I'm sure, because they're not going to lose Brian Burns. But if he ever hit the open market, he'd, the money would be be around there. I also want to talk a little bit, Langston, about Frankie Luvu, who I think yeah. is their second best defensive player right now. All right. All right. Uh, watching him uh, uh, some in Sunday's game, Man, now he doesn't make every play. He missed the tackle on the first touchdown uh, that Robinson scored for Atlanta, but he flies around. He is really a game changer. He had a sack. He had a bunch of tackles. Uh, had three hits on the quarterback, I think. And he's a he's a player who I think you know uh, again could have a big season, kind of emerge for them as a linebacker with with just pure speed and. And not coincidentally, I'm writing about him uh, this week and sort of his citizenship, plug, citizenship plug. journey. Yeah, this is a plug for that. He has just become an American citizen, which is nice. cool. He's from American Samoa. So that's kind of a, a cool uh, behind the scenes story. But I think, again, on Monday Night Football, I believe he will be a, a, a key to whether they can win week two. What do you think about J.C. Horn with the hamstring or the leg injury, if he's going to be able to play or if he's out for any amount of time? Because when C.J. Henderson came in, the Falcons took a while to find him, but they did find him, and they kind of put the game away with that 35-yard pass over the yes. top. Yes. Um, hard to say, but, I mean, normally hamstrings, you don't come back the next week. So I would think I would be surprised if he plays uh, week two. They have not said the severity of it, but normally those you have to be careful on. And poor JC, I mean, he's just been so injury prone the last two years. I know it's frustrating to him and to Panthers fans. Very good player, but has not been able to stay on the field. Scott, which Carolina Panthers defense was the real one? Because at the beginning of the game, they looked like world beaters. They were getting after the quarterback. They, they were doing a pretty decent job against the run. And then as the game wore on, some of it may be because they were tired, but as the game wore on, the, the Falcons started to gash them, particularly in the run game. Which defense is the real Panthers defense, the one we saw at the start or the one we saw at the end? More probably the uh, meshing of, that, of those two. I think, you know, they're not going to be world beaters. They're mm -hmm. not the Jets defense. Mm -hmm. um, but they're also, they were on the field too long. I mean, the Panthers were, you know, they weren't scoring enough and uh, they were at, toward the end, they were probably getting a little worn down and uh, still 24 points in an NFL game is, is a very winnable game should be. I mean, yeah. a, a, an NFL team should be scoring in the twenties uh, regularly. So I thought they were, pretty good. I mean, they only allowed 13 first downs, I think, and like 220 yards. Those are excellent numbers for, uh, that was a, that was a winning performance by the defense. If they hadn't been on the field quite as long, they might've held them to more like 17. So I think they played well enough to win. This was a game where offensively the Panthers just didn't do enough. Right. All right, Scott, Monday night's coming up. Uh, national, you know, national audience is going to see the, the Panthers play and see Bryce Young play. Uh, from 1990 to 2012, only about 11 to 12% of teams, 2022, only about 11% of NFL teams that started 0-2 have made the playoffs. I know you already think they're not going to make the playoffs, but there's a lot of Panther fans still hoping that they could turn this thing around. How can the Panthers avoid going 0-2? Will they go 0-2? Even though you may have given it away earlier. <laughs> yeah, I think they'll go 0-2, um, but I it's not like an unwinnable game. I mean, mm. they, they'll just need a couple of breaks. Uh, they can't be down three zero in turnovers. That, that'd probably be one of the main uh, reasons. 
The Saints did not run the ball too well in week one, so they'll, you know, hopefully the Panthers can sort of hang on to that. Now, Derek Carr threw for 300 yards in the first week, and he's, to me, the best quarterback in the NFC South. So what you need to do is is uh, pressure Derek Carr. They, I think the Saints did give up, like, about four sacks. So you got to got a shot at pressuring him, probably get, you know, an interception, which gives them a really short field or even a pick six. That's the sort of thing they're going to need. Bryce, is, Bryce and the offense is going to need some help. They'll need some help from the crowd. Uh, you know, Monday Night Football always has some wild cards in it. We saw that this week. Uh, they'll need probably one of those deep balls to connect, you know. And, yes, yes, and they yes. need Miles Sanders to have a big game. Miles Sanders, to me, looked pretty good, as did Chuba Hubbard. Uh, the running game, if they can control the ball a little bit on the running side of it, I mean, this not this is no blowout-type game, I don't think. But uh, just to play well, they're mainly that turnover thing, Langston. 3-0, I mean, you're, you're, this team is just doesn't have much of a margin of error. They at least need to be even on turnovers uh, Monday night. Scott, if they don't win Monday and they go 0 and 2, when do you see a first win coming? I don't see it in Seattle with the 12 man, and then they come back and play one of the best teams in the FC and the Vikings after that. When do if they don't win, when? Cool. Um, yeah, they. Uh, I'm looking at the schedule here now, and then they, you know, Detroit just beat Kansas City is after Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Miami's pretty good too. <laughs> You'd hope that they didn't have to wait until they played Houston uh, October 29th. Honestly, I think they'll have a decent shot at Seattle. I don't know that Seattle's that great. Uh, it is a hard place to win hard for to sure, yeah. but they're not that good. Uh, it's this is not the Seattle teams of the you know the 2010s and mm. where they're just you know Marshawn Lynch and Russell Wilson and a, an incredible defense. It's not that anymore. Yeah. So you know, I mean. I would not be surprised if they won one of these next two games, and they were one and two after after three weeks. Uh, they're they're not horrible. They're not going to go zero and seventeen. Uh, so, but, so no bags over the heads in the stands. No, right? I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, I think there's, you know, they. I don't think they're going to have a, one of those just horrible performances. Uh, I think they're trying hard. I think Reich is giving them some chances on offense uh but they just need to they just need to play better and they need to just they need to get a little bit lucky in one of these next two games all right scott so how do you think the panthers wide receivers might do monday night against the saints can they create more separation than they did in the opening game down in georgia i think uh wide receivers and the separation is going to be a huge part of monday night langston and that's where the panthers i believe really need to get better um the, the Saints, for instance, have Chris Olave, who is turning into one of the better, best, really, receivers in the NFL. Every time I watch this guy, I'm so impressed. He just he gets open so often. He's uh, you know he's got an accurate quarterback with him. He had a big game uh, in the Saints' first week where he you know had about 100 yards and a bunch of catches. And that's where the Panthers, they don't have that. They do not have number one, uh, number one, clear number one receiver. DJ Moore was that. They had to trade him to get Bryce Young. I understand that. Can't have everything. But right now, you know, if DJ Chart doesn't play, we're not sure if he does or not, but he's their fastest guy. So if they don't have him, then again, the Saints aren't going to be 
They're not going to be as worried as the teams used to be when they had Ted Ginn here, for instance, and you mm -hmm. had to keep somebody deep. So they've got to have a guy. You know who I really think it needs to be is Mingo. I think mm -hmm. Mingo has the most potential of that group. Adam, Adam Thielen's a good route runner, but he's not going to beat you probably over the top. Right. Hayden Hurst had some good plays as a tight end. But I think Mingo, who only had two catches for 17 yards, this would be a great time for him to make a national debut uh, on Monday Night Football with Bryce, his fellow young uh, rookie. Those two guys work together well in practice. I think that's a place where the Panthers are really hoping something happens. So if Mingo can emerge a little bit and give them another realistic threat and one of those deep balls hits, uh, that would be really big for them because they need somebody to be similar to Chris Olave in this game. Well, we'll see what happens, and we'll be back next week to talk about it on Processing Blue. Scott, thanks for joining us. Make sure you guys like, follow, and subscribe, and make sure you also read the charlotteobserver.com.